Well, hey, what's up, everybody? Jonathan Fox here for the It's John Fox Show. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. Uh, if you're a long-time listener, welcome back home to uh, your, your podcast home uh, for all things wonderful and amazing. Uh, I am, of course, Jonathan Fox, and we've got a great show for you lined up today. We're going to try to make you laugh, going to give you some information, uh, going to talk through some things that uh, will help uh, the health of your soul we're going to all try to do that within an hour context, because otherwise my wife won't listen to this. <laughs> no, but seriously, she, she won't. So we're going to try to keep this in an hour. Uh, got to make the wife happy, um, especially the Prager's wife. Jennifer, listen, I know you're rolling your eyes right now. Listen to this. Chill out. Um, but, yeah, we've got a great show today. Um, going to what's trending's just absolutely brimming. I mean, there's tons of stuff to talk about. I'm going to try to shoot through all that. Got a great question from one of our listeners for Ask Away. And uh, we're going to end, of course, with our big thought. But before we get into what's trending, um, Instagram's got it dialed in with me on ads. And uh, so about, you know, every other day, Instagram hits me with an ad that honestly, I'm like, I was talking about this and I need this. So thank you for sending me this ad because that's I need this. And so SA Fishing sent me an ad for a straw hat the other day, which literally, I was talking about needing needing a straw hat the other day for uh, my part-time job because I'm in the sun. I don't want to I don't want to roast my ear and neck. My ears, I have two. <laughs> uh, I want to I don't want to roast both of my ears this year or my neck uh, while I'm outside. And so they there was an ad that sent and they had a special and I was like sweet. So I bought the hat. It didn't hurt that it came with a decal and some face masks as well for like 20, 29 bucks, which was a pretty great deal. Um, as I'm asking around, that found out that was a pretty good deal. But this other ad came up the other day that I thought was just amazing. Okay, so you, if you're married or if you're dating and, you know, you find out like, okay, there's sort of like this rhythm on dates, right? It's kind of like, oh, we're going to go get something to eat. We're going to go do something, um, you know whatever the whole idea is we're gonna we're gonna get out and we're gonna do something and especially when you get married and you have kids and uh, if that's where you are and you're, you're trying to figure out date life again in the sense that you're trying to have a rhythm of that uh, it can be hard come across this amazing service um, that's kind of like our for us we do this thing called uh, have done this thing called meal fit which they send you each week a bunch of recipes uh, that you can cook at your house that are you know are going to be better for you healthier meals right so it kind of cuts the the uh, the guessing out of what are we going to eat so that you're not erring on the side of getting takeout or something like that so there's this great uh, service that came out that I'm thinking about trying um, it's $7.99 and basically it's called it's called Date Box and Date Box uh, d- depending on your subscription now you can do a $7.99 plan or you can do up to like $39.99 and uh, one is digital. Uh, the other ones, I think, are actually physical. Something will be sent to you. But it's it's basically it's a it's a date not personality quiz that you go through things you like, things you don't like, things you're interested. In. And every month um, they send you kind of like this kit to kind of make your date night. And uh, I just thought that was really cool. And some people I know would be like, I'm just so lazy. I can't believe people today can't even figure out how to have a date night. Like, I, I get what you're saying, but it's kind of the same. For me, it's the same thing with meals. Like, I really love my wife, and I love hanging out with her, and I would do the same thing all the time. And so sometimes I think it's cool. 
uh, when you get another uh, another brain involved, it's like, hey, uh, this is something you could do. And so anyway, I'm uh, I'm really I'm I'm teetering on the edge of of trying it. It's there's no obligation, there's no contract. You know, you know, the subscription isn't lock you into six months to a year or anything like that. You can try it one time, eight bucks, and uh, and see what's up. So I think I'm going to try it, and uh, that will go into my uh, my segment. I tried it. Uh, I might try it, see what it's like, and get back with you guys, and uh, maybe even have Jennifer on the show here soon, uh, my lovely wife, and uh, and see what she thinks about it too. But uh, but it seems like pretty pretty cool. Uh, the downside of your wife listening to your podcast is if I was going to make that a surprise, she's going to be listening to this later and be like, uh, surprise ruined. So sorry. Um, if you if you find out that I'm actually a killer date night guy, it's going to be because of this date box thing. Because like I said, I, you know I will go do fun stuff every once in a while, but uh, you know it's eat, go hang out. It's it's sort of that standard stuff. So I'm I'm interested in what their service might look like or be. So it'd be probably kind of cool to to see. And then for those of you that are dating or those of you that um, uh, it might even be good for people friends that are hanging out as long as it, uh, you know you're not having to share a milkshake or anything. That'll get weird. But um, well. Beside all that, I'm going to go ahead and jump into what's trending because there's tons of stuff in here and I don't want to spend any time uh, garble boxing around stuff. That is a term I came up with, by the way, garble boxing. And uh, don't worry about it. It's not real. I literally just made it up. There's no merit to it whatsoever. So no more garble boxing. Let's get into what's trending. All right. Well, the world is in an absolute tizzy. Uh, because of some instances in the medias, and one of those being the old Trump-Kanye, Chance the Rapper uh, tweet stuff. Basically, Kanye put out a tweet uh, that, that was talking about how um, that just because a large amount of people don't support Trump doesn't mean that he wouldn't. And So apparently he's a big Trump supporter, and... Um, Chance the Rapper came out and put something out as well, just talking about how that everybody that's black is not Democrat. Um, but then some stuff kind of got misconstrued, apparently, and Chance the Rapper wasn't saying that just because I'm saying that every black person is not a Democrat doesn't mean that I support the Republican Party or Trump. And so apparently uh, we have nothing more to do uh, in our lives than to sit around and talk about uh, what's happening on Twitter. Uh, like there is actually nothing more important going on than Kanye West and our president, who is an ex-TV star and realtor uh, mogul, uh, <laughs> tweeting about how they love each other. So, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, a bunch of people, you know, of course, having um, lots of time to talk about this uh, on the social medias and uh, on, on news outlets around the country. But uh, moving right along, uh, Bill Cosby convicted uh, three counts of sexual assault uh, in 2004. Uh, he's accused uh, and charged with drugging Andrea uh, Constant and sexually assaulting her. Uh, there was a mistrial uh, in the previous year, but uh, the, this recent uh, trial, basically he was found guilty on the three counts of sexual assault, uh, 10 years for each one. But uh, read an article in, uh, I believe it was came out by CNN, but basically said that it, it may even be that he doesn't even serve any time because um, his attorneys will be appealing uh, the guilt uh, or the conviction uh, on those three charges, and uh, the appeal will take about a year. And inside of that, they will also be considering his health and age. 
Uh, so it's possibility that old Bill Cosby might not even go to prison. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out because I know there's, that's a big controversy. And I've even heard a lot of people talking about the fact that um, what plays into this is his character. You can't remove Bill Cosby from his character on The Cosby Show. And that seems to be a difficult thing, too. You know, you think about this is this is somebody that America fell in love with, and now here he is in this situation. And uh, and it's just a, it, it's unique. I guess that's the best way to say it. It's a very unique circumstance where, uh, you know, you, you've got this guy who's been beloved for so many years, and here's this heinous act. And it's kind of, it, it's, a, it's a weird tension. It's almost like in some instances you don't even really know how to feel. You're like, that's... But that's that's Bill Cosby, you know. That's you're not supposed to do that, you know what I mean? And uh, you're supposed to be the pudding and the, the pudding and the jello, you know. That's who you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to be sexually assaulting people. So um, it'd be interesting to see how the appeal uh, works out. Uh, Infinity War came out, and uh, okay, so thirty-nine billion dollars on opening night. I'm wiping my forehead. Whew, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of cash. Um, I'm really exci- excited about seeing this movie. And so um, we, I think, what do we watch? We watched two movies here recently that got us really close to Infinity War. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Volume 2, and Thor Ragnarok, which, of course, I've told you all before, my daughter's absolutely obsessed with Thor. Also thinks there's a guy at her gym that... Um, sort of in some ways sort of looks like Thor when he got his hair cut off and our daughter Amsley who is three absolutely believes that this is Thor at our gym calls him Thor wants him to come to our house wants to see him big big time crushing crushing hard on this guy so uh, we watch both of those movies so like we're really like I'm amped because it's fresh in my brain everything that happened in Ragnarok and in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy um, volume 2 so excited about seeing that. Hopefully, um, if uh, people are really big about spoiler alerts anymore, I've watched all the trailers. I've watched all the trailers in chronolo- chronological order, like where they piece all these parts of the trailers together. Some dork out in Dorkville decided to put all of them in order and uh, splice all the pieces together, parts of the movie, and it just made me angry because I know I can't see it anytime soon. Uh, so $39 billion, that's a lot of money. Uh, and I'm hearing people talk about how awesome it is. And somebody told me uh, that they were going to, they would watch it as many times as they, as their budget would allow. Um, and uh, they're a poor college kids, so that means like four times. <laughs> kidding? I'm kidding. That's a stereotype that everybody in college is poor. Sorry. Um, and last but not least, and definitely not least, uh, so South Korean president and North Korean leader. Uh, met together uh, to technically today uh, for them uh, they're already into their evening um, but they're they were meeting to put an end to the Korean War which really never ended um, they have a demilitarized zone maybe you've heard about it there's a really cool special on Netflix I believe uh, on this whole idea uh, or the whole premise of the demilitarized zone there's this one spot in the middle of the borders between North and South Korea uh, where some things can be exchanged and people can talk at times. But, of course, you know, we've had lots of run-ins with North Korea. Here recently, all the stuff with the nuclear testing and, and uh, shooting the, the missiles and missile launches and stuff like that. What I didn't know 
is that when Japan surrendered in uh, World War II, that the Korean Peninsula was a Japanese colony. And when the Japanese surrendered, the, that colony was split then into uh, two parts, uh, North Korea and South Korea. But North Korea would be um, basically overseen by uh, the Russians and then South Korea would be governed or, or overseen uh, by, the, uh, by the Americans. And so then we get to this conflict where the, uh, North Korea invades South Korea and we have the Korean War. America obviously involved in that and uh, probably one of the more difficult uh, war paths of America to navigate because of how just terrible it was and uh, sort of like the Vietnam War. And so there's just been this constant conflict um, between the two, and and uh, you know for good reasons. These are two, uh, one country uh, divided by two governmental systems that are diametrically opposed to each other. Um, you know you got a capitalist society, um, democracy, republic, and then you have a communist um, you know regime. Um, that you're, you're talking about the freedom to do what you want, the freedom to, and then you're 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 not allowed to do what you're not even allowed to leave the country. You know, um, uh, you just it's just an in, intense deal. But these guys, the presidents, met together um, and spent some time together talking, uh, also talking about uh, North Korea, uh, kind of, uh, well, not kind of the. The denuclearization of their country, you know, stopping this pursuit of trying to launch a warhead, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, um, and so very, very interesting, very cool. I mean, uh, there's of course one conversation doesn't mean that this whole thing's over with, but uh, very interesting at least to see them get together. This has been a pretty historic deal. They've been talking uh, back and forth, but an, an actual meeting together and them crossing that demilitarized zone was a big deal. That's not been something done for a really long time. Uh, Kim said that um, we will be reunited as one country. This is kind of stuff he was saying in the Winter Olympics as well, uh, when the games, uh, Winter Olympics were being held uh, in South Korea, and there were some of the events where North Korea and South Korea had kind of joined together to make one team, which is very odd and weird, and so um, you kind of see that that was happening before, so you can kind of see this meeting even being more so that, and it's more so about the, the Korean people as a whole versus, I think, one or two governments, and um, I think uh, I was watching something uh, earlier about some of that, thinking that, you know, these people are the exact same, they're just governed differently, uh, which would be like, literally, uh, honestly, like, um, like, go back to the Civil War, um, and just, you know, you, you have these two countries that are linked together, the same kind of people, um, but now they're, they're being governed d different, you know. They have different ideals that are governing them, and it's causing lots of issues. And so, anyway, it'd be, be pretty cool to see what happens over the next uh, few months and years as they continue to kind of iron that stuff out, whatever that looks like. Because, I mean, you can only imagine how in the world would you merge a, uh, a communist country, a country that's been communist uh, for over 60 years. In a, in a country that's been capitalist uh, for just as long, how in the world would you mend that? Um, that would be a very messy, messy transition and would take tons and tons of time. Uh, right, well, we're going to jump into Ask Away and then close up shop with our big thought. Let's do it. All right, well, we had somebody ask a question. I thought it was a really good question. Of course, if you're a believer, uh, this would 
definitely pertain to you. If you're not a believer, um, you may not want to participate or maintain a discipline like this, uh, but definitely would encourage anybody to, uh, to read Scripture. Their question is, how do you advise someone to develop and maintain a hunger or desire for God's Word? Um, and so I have a very interesting take on this in that I never had anybody teach me how to read the Bible. I never had anybody say, uh, I had a lot of people say that we should, I should read Scripture, but I never had anybody come alongside me and say, here's a great way to read, or here's the context of Scripture, or um, this is something that you should think about when you're reading Scripture. So a um, buddy of mine, Trace Kennedy, one of the pastors at MOVE, um, he uses a, mes- a method called SOAP when he's studying Scripture. And I'm, I'm going to get to answering the question, but I want to say this first. But um, he uses a method to study Scripture. And that method then leads him to a place of, of getting something from those Scriptures. Okay, So in my context, in, in my thinking, which I, I haven't always been um, leading a church, so that's I, I want to take that out of the equation. And I want to say when I came to faith at, at 15 years old, uh, regular Bible reading was not always a part of my life. When I, when I turned 16, um, I started regularly reading Scripture and taking notes on what I was reading. And um, I didn't do it because I thought I had to. And I think that's really the context on uh, advising someone, like how to develop um, a desire to do it, is how are you uh, approaching it? How are you approaching reading scripture? If you already feel like it's something you have to do, like if you have to do this or God will love you or you, you know, you're going to be a terrible person or it reflects poorly on you. If there's some auxiliary pressure coming and it and it's not inherently a this book affords me the, to to know the story of God, to know how He is, uh, to know how He's done things. Um, a lot of people say that you know the Bible's are uh, like a road map, and so you know why, why would you want to go through the journey of life without your map? You know, and I think that's a good. I mean, that's a good idea. Um, but I think the way you're approaching Scripture is the main. Uh, the main issue as to why people burn out from reading Scripture. If you feel like it is some kind of law that you have to fulfill, um, I think you'll burn out on it. It'll get old. It won't mean anything. And uh, I think it's where a lot of people land. Uh, it gets to a point where it's kind of like, Jesus, it's just... Uh, especially when you get into books of the Bible that you don't understand their context. Um, I was never told that there were different uh, types of Scripture say historical for instance there are instances where you're reading in say uh, second chronicles or second kings uh, where you're reading history uh, you're you're reading a historical document that notes certain items and details as a historical document would um, there's poetry when you're reading the psalms or song of solomon you're reading uh, illustration and metaphor in a lot of ways um, when you read the gospels um, you're getting first-hand experiences and accounts of God in flesh. Um, and so you're, there's, there's revelation that you're reading. Um, there's prophecy that you're, you're getting to read, whether that's uh, Isaiah or whether that's the book of Revelation. So 
I think knowing your context helps you approach Scripture as well and will help you maintain, um, again, knowing what you're reading is huge. Context is huge. And sometimes I think people don't like the Bible because they don't know its context or they don't know its context in their life. And so they're reading kind of because that's just what good Christians do. And I don't have a reason for why I read. And so if I was going to say, you know, what's something that you would do to help advise someone to develop a, a, a healthy desire and rhythm of reading God's Word is, number one, uh, I, would, I would have a plan. Um, I would say, I'm going to read and then fill in the blank. Uh, don't be overzealous, um, but don't under-challenge yourself. But every day, build a habit of, I'm going to read Scripture. For some people, they like to read devotions. Some people just like to read. Uh, every morning, I read a uh, one-year Bible plan that takes me all the way through Scriptures. But I also read uh, an entire chapter of, uh, right now I'm in the New Testament, so I'm reading Colossians. But I'll read one whole chapter uh, of a book uh, in the Bible. And so what that does is that, that takes me through the whole Bible in a year. Uh, it takes me into books I normally probably would just be like, eh, I don't really want to read the book of Job today. Um, but it takes me through that. And then the freedom to kind of, that's my you know discipline and my standard. And then I'm going to flip over here and I'm going to go to this book and I'm going to read one whole chapter, but I'm going to sit on it a little bit more than what I do with that one year. That one year I read through, I may notice some things, I may highlight some stuff or whatever, but when I get over into that other chapter, I'm not really paying attention to specific details. I'm more or less studying in that instance. And I think that's interesting as well. Um, when we're talking about reading Scripture, are we reading it? Um, are we studying it? Those are constant. And I think both are okay. I think it's okay to read Scripture sometime and not be just digging into it for everything you can get out of it. Sometimes I think reading through the Scriptures is great. And then I think there's times where you study. And I think there's times where you kind of like look at stuff and pay attention to things you wouldn't normally. Um, bottom line is, make it something enjoyable. What do you have to do to make uh, reading Scripture enjoyable? And, uh, and if you land in a place where you're saying, well, there's nothing about this that's enjoyable to me, then I guess ask the question, why is that? Um, if, if I'm a believer and uh, I'm afforded the opportunity, because that's really God's Word is an opportunity. There are people all over the world that still don't have this stuff, uh, and they are believers. Um, you know, we, in the New, we, we take this for granted, but the New Testament church was not built on a bunch of people who had these Bibles. It was built on word of mouth. It was built on people saying, hey, when Jesus was with me, this is what he was saying. And they would pass those orally uh, on to people. And they would say, hey, listen, you know, this is what Jesus taught. This is what he said. Um, so we have, a very, we have a privilege here to be able to read these words and to be able to take in these instances. Um, so the thing is, is like, if we have it, um, why don't I have a desire? Uh, to read it. And, um, you know, you may have to answer it honestly. You might have to say, hey, you know, um, I just don't like reading. And if that's the case, you may just have to figure out how you uh, read snippets. Um, and some, you know, I know some people, they have actual reading disabilities. So that's a real issue. Um, so, so there's some of that stuff that's practical. And some of that stuff I think is uh, is soulish, right? It's uh, It deals with your, your wants and your desires. And um, reading scripture is a discipline. And uh, the human nature uh, instinctually does not like discipline. So I'd ask the question, um, you know, why do, I not, why do I not enjoy this? Why do I not want to do this? And then say, well, how can I make it? Invite the Lord into um, this discipline of reading Scripture. And uh, so, yeah, I hope that helps. Um, that's just 
I'm really just blurted. I didn't take any time to really think this question through. I just wanted to talk it off the top of my head. So hope that helps. And uh, if you ever have any questions for the Ask Away segment, you can always email those uh, to isjohnfox at gmail.com. And so let's switch gears real quick and let's jump into our big thought. One of the greatest things that I have learned in the recent past has been this idea of limits. Um, it was originally uh, brought up as um, a kind of a skill set from Peter Scazzaro in his book, uh, Emotionally Healthy Leader and Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, excuse me, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, uh, which are great books uh, regardless. Uh, if you're leading in any capacity, uh, whether in ministry or business or anything like that, Emotionally Healthy Leader is phenomenal. But it's based off of emotional, healthy spirituality. And if you're a believer and you're on the spiritual journey um, and you're looking at a, you know, you want your, it's not that it, you want your belief to be better per se, but you, you want a depth out of your life with Christ. Uh, that book definitely channels and gets into some of the nitty gritty that help build that depth um, for me our team at Move and so many people that I've recommended the book to, I know that our team has recommended the book to, um, no one has ever read it and just been like, yeah, that was a good book. I mean, just, it's just he just brings out things that are really long-lasting. And one of those things is the, the idea of limits. Do you know what your limits are? Um, I also was in a conference two years ago, and it was brought across this theme and this idea of what's your capacity. And I saw them both as the same thing. Um, what is your capacity for uh, certain things? What is your limit in certain areas? And those can be personal, and I think those could be geographical. Uh, they could be uh, even in your own thinking. You could have a, you know, some people say that's beyond my brain capacity. It may very well be. You know, some things I'm just not good at thinking about, and uh, it's kind of beyond my capacity. At any rate, the concept and even the, principle, uh, the practical application have been very meaningful for me. I've seen it as a biblical uh, principle, and uh, I think it's a kind of I think it's like universal. Um, if you look at the beginning of time, where God introduces man into the world He forms, He automatically gives limits. Right? It's not just as He give limits within the geographical garden. Um, but he also gives limits um, inside what is good for the human experience uh, when it comes to God's authority in their life. And he says, you know, you can eat from any tree, but don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, that's a limit. That's a, a place where God says, uh, you can go to this point. After that, it's not going to be that great. It's not going to be that good for you. Um, and what I have found, which Peter talks about in the book, um, and you are automatically, you already know this as a principle in your life. When you exceed your limit, things don't go well. And I think sometimes when we don't assess what our limits are, sometimes my limit uh, is a time frame. I'm being, I'm being dead serious. Sometimes my limit is a time frame. If Sometimes I'm realizing in my day, if somebody randomly asks for a bit of my time, um, I've realized that 30 minutes can easily be a limit, and I have to say I can give you 30 minutes, uh, usually if they want to talk about something more in-depth. And, and I'll tell you what this does. Um, somebody say, gosh, I can't believe you would limit someone to, to, to 30 minutes. You know, What if they really got something going on? 
if, if they have something going on and it cannot be opened up and talked about within 30 minutes, um, there's, there's more to be done, you know what I'm saying, which you couldn't handle in two hours anyway. So I, what I know is is that I have been asked, hey, Jonathan, can I have some time with you? And I give them an open-ended time, right? I just say, yeah, come meet. And it ends up being two hours. I'm drained. They're frustrated. It's, it really doesn't work that well. When I realized this principle had endless uh, applications, uh, I realized that my week had limits. I had limits on certain uh, – my family is a limit. I've got three kids, one on the way. I'm married. Um, we live in a specific area of town. There's limits. There's things that those particular ideas or, or my life – that give limit to other things that I can do. Um, I can't, I mean, just as a practical example, um, I can't go out every night till 11 p.m. and, and hang out with other people. Um, I have kids at home. I have a wife at home. Um, I, uh, but that doesn't mean I, I shouldn't go out and hang out with some people every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? So, But it sets a limit there. Um, where I live um, sets a limit on what I can do, where I can go in some regards. And I think, I think oftentimes we just think, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to let things limit me. I'm not going to let things whatever. I'm just going to go and, and do all this stuff and hang out. And, and next thing you know, you're fatigued, you're frustrated, maybe even angry, uh, upset. And I think a lot of the things we experience are, are really tied back to have we exceeded our limits or, which is, has been my case many times, um, have I not come to the point of a limit? Have I underperformed in some area where I didn't try to max out a herd? Uh, Stephen Furtick, pastor of Elevation Church, one time said, he said, sometimes we, don't know our, we won't know our limit until we, until we get there. In other words, he was saying, sometimes we need to press the boundaries. And I think there are places in my life for a long time that I had never really tampered with what I thought I could do or not do. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, beginning of time, God says, you can eat from any tree. And I would have just eaten from one. My personality type would have been like, you know, I'll just eat from this one uh, no reason to venture out too much further than that. And here God's saying you can have the whole garden. You know what I'm saying? And so it's interesting. Like the, the play is there are some people that underutilize limits and some people that, that uh, or, or under um, exceed. I don't even know how to say that word. They, they, they don't quite get to the limit. And there's people that overextend past the limit. And uh, would be, the question I guess for you today would be is where do you find yourself? Uh, and you can ask that question, I think, in a lot of areas. Are there limits? There's limits in my marriage. Uh, my wife is my wife, and she is not another woman, and she will never never be another woman. Uh, and I'm a limit to her in some regards. I'm who I am, and and surely I'll change, and things will happen to me, and, and you know, all this great stuff. But, but to some degrees, we have to look at there are limits to um, our personalities. There are limits to our threshold of pain, our threshold of annoyance, you know. Um, you know what, kid, my kids at nighttime sometimes are a limit for me, and, and me and Jennifer have discussed this. I'm, I'm a little bit better with them in the morning. She's a little bit better with them at night, so we kind of work with that. Um, so limits are not a bad thing. Um, they're a good thing, but knowing them is kind of the key. So I uh, hope that is, is good. I mean, you should go pick up the book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and if you're a leader in any capacity, definitely recommend Emotionally Healthy Leader. A great book, and if you ever get a chance, you can check out Peter Scazzaro's podcast, Emotionally Healthy um, Spirituality Podcast, um, on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. You could check that out. He does some great 15, 20 minute podcasts, they're amazing, 100% gold.
Uh, well, as we close up shop today, uh, just a few things. Of course, if you ever have any comments, ideas, or uh, questions for Ask Away, looking at bringing Bryce Landwehr on uh, again next month and have him on for an Ask the Counselor session. So if you have anything to do with mental or emotional health that you maybe have a question for and you'd like to ask the counselor, or maybe you just want some advice on something, uh, we won't use your name. We'll keep that all confidential, uh, but we'll answer it through the show. That'll be our means of answering those things. You can send all that stuff, whether it's an Ask Away question or a question for the counselor, or maybe again, maybe you got a funny segment idea, or you've got something, uh, somebody you would like me to interview, or do phone a friend with somebody specific, or just in general, you got a question, you got something you want to add, uh, let us know. Drop us a line. It's johnfox at gmail.com. Shoot us something over there on that. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at It's John Fox, and you can check out our Facebook page at the It's John Fox show Facebook page. Uh, I just posted earlier uh, the picture I talked about in the last podcast, the painting I did, the uh, four foot by four foot canvas that I built and um, the painting I did. I just posted that uh, and again trying my best to as much as I can interact with the Facebook page. Uh, a lot of you are following there so I'd love to, to continue to pour into that and I've got um, a sort of a surprise coming up here soon. And I'm not at liberty to uh, actually talk about it to the degree I want to right now. But um, maybe some cool things happening here in the future. Uh, one thing I can tell you about, uh, it has nothing to do with that surprise. But uh, we're looking at having uh, Brent Cooper, a uh, firefighter from Mountain Brook. Uh, you're really going to tune in for him because we're going to talk to him a little bit. Um, about what goes on in the life of a firefighter, but also uh, his adventures in um, smoke diver school, which uh, I had the privilege of knowing him while he went through that, and uh, we're going to hear his story about that kind of stuff. So you definitely want to tune in next week for that. It's going to be amazing. Um, yeah, so check us out on all that stuff when you're on your podcast uh, downloading app, Google Play, iTunes. Uh, make sure you subscribe and make sure that you hit a review. Go ahead and give us five stars. Uh, give us four stars. Give us a star. No, don't give us one star. If you give us one star, just unsubscribe from the podcast. I mean, what's wrong with you? Um, but if you like the show at any rate, and again, if you ever have any ideas about making the show any better, but review the show, uh, give us a five-star rating, let us know what's up, and uh, we definitely appreciate that. We'd love, again, to see the podcast gain more listeners and all that jazz so uh, make sure to do that and yeah this has been the it's john fox show i'm jonathan fox i hope you have a fantabulous week day hour wherever you're at hope is a blast and we'll see you back on the show next week see ya